Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Spirit of God, we receive your ministry this morning. You that can turn truth to our experience. We ask that you furnish the reality of God in our hearts. Our eyes are open, our ears are open, and our heart understands what the Spirit speaks to the church in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning. Turn to your neighbor, say good morning. How are you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, let's open our Bibles to the book of John. Book of John, chapter 14. So, we are going to do, I have about 15 minutes, so, and we have a number of things to do. Um, we have some long readings of the Bible. I will we'll discuss a bit. Then I'll preach a little. Then we'll take some time to pray. All in 15 minutes. We'll do our best. Okay. John chapter 14, we'll start from verse 1. Um, I'm reading KJV. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. Okay, I should also say that in the course of this thing, two words will be coming again and again and again. The first one is believe. The other one is receive. You are going to see it many times. Believe, receive. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Then there's this guy who is always not sure. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Verse 7 says, If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Then another guy asked again, Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's okay for us, it's sufficient us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, 
and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? <laughs> he that hath seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? The word again, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than this, because I go unto the Father. Hallelujah. All right. So we're speaking today on something that talks about titled Jesus, the way. All through this month, we've been talking about sonship. And what we are trying to establish now is that Jesus is the way to sonship. When we say the way, we are not just talking about access. We are talking about the pattern. We are talking about the template of sonship. In the course of the week, Pastor Ferry was mentioning that Jesus is an example for us. But much more than that is also an example of us. So he is the pattern. And one of the unfortunate things that happened was that when Jesus showed up, we didn't look like him. And that is why we were able to kill him, right? Yes, because we he just looked different from us, especially the people at the time. I'm saying us now because one way or the other we partook, right? The people of his day could not just recognize, they could not accept what he was saying because there was a lot of difference between who he was and who they were at the time. Starting from their understanding because as a man thinks in his heart so easy. And because of that he was crucified. Today we are going to have a discussion about what God intended man to be. God intended sons to be because sometimes even in spite of what Jesus has done we are not able to take full ownership of everything that God gave us so there are so many of them but we'll talk about maybe just five or six one of the first things that God gave man was his image which we all know now, for most people, we don't really know what that image means, right? You've heard comedians say that people who are not so good looking in whose image were they made, you know, there's a popular comedian that does that all the time. And sometimes it's important to know what image really means. Let's check the book of Hebrews. So that is... Hebrews from chapter 1 another long reading but we'll try to stop this at verse okay let's just do first three verses God who had sundry times in diverse manner speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets had in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he had appointed here of all things by whom he made the worlds 
who being the brightness of his glory the express image of his person express image of God um, so part of what the image is part of it is glory now just like image glory is also another word that gives us some level of contention right what we do at institute is that we tend to ask a lot of questions unfortunately this is not institute because if i pass the mic around and i say what is glory it's, it's a word we use a lot it's a word we sing about a lot you will discover that you're not entirely sure what to say when i say what is the meaning of glory if you understand if you are checking your heart now you will see it that there's a bit of contention now there are many strands of the word glory there are many things it means it's just like power for example um what is lighting this bulb in a way is power right if we do arm wrestling and what we will be using to do that thing is power it's called atp um if i get a letter from the president and i show you and the letter is asking you to do something that is signature or a seal on that letter is power right so you are saying power in different strands and they are not exactly the same thing so how do you differentiate them that's that's the challenge with english sometimes so in glory too i can't cover all of it i'll just talk about like two three strands of it one of the strands is wealth right when jesus was speaking he said don't worry about what you will wear don't think about what you eat he said the lilies they don't sow they don't toil they don't spin he said solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these so the idea is that wealth gives you some level of elegance that some level of radiance right that that's what the queen of sheba saw and he said half of this was not told me he said when i saw it he said there was no spirit left in me yeah she she was slain that's the idea and there was no spirit left in me like so part of what god gave man is that kind of glory and that's why when man fell he said i was naked and god said who told you you're naked i clothed you with glory you know when david was said what is man that thou art mindful of him one of the things he said is that you have crowned him with glory so that is wealth another strand of glory is brilliance that's why they said the glory of the sun is, is a kind of brilliance that you just can't explain if you've been around glorious people when you walk into the room there's just this awe some people call it aura that surrounds them that is around them it's beyond words you sometimes you just say there's something about that guy that something is given to was given to man all of us another strand of glory i want to talk about is something that is like dread it's not but it's something that commands reverence so if you gather like a hundred animals here right random animals cats dog you know 
sheep, goats, and all of that. And you have a fantastic display, maybe a 3D screen. If you put a lion on that screen, and the lion just growls a little, more than half of the animals in this place will take off. And it doesn't matter if they've seen a lion before. It's possible it's their face. They can be domestic animals. You can check on Google, you see the way animals respond to the lion in Lion King on the TV. Yes. Now, they don't really have, they have never been in the jungle. Many of them have never seen a lion before. But what they saw in that thing that they recognized that this guy, this thing I'm saying is not my mate, I should move back a little, yeah? Or I should take off, as the case may be, his glory. And God gave that to man, right? So in Eden, no animal whatsoever can charge at Adam for any reason. Do you understand? Don't do any contrast in your mind if you've been chased by a dog before or something. That is the image. That image, eh? the world is supposed to see it and recognize it. All of creation is supposed to see it and know that this is the Son of God. This is what, even though men did not recognize it, demons recognized it when Jesus came on the scene. The Bible says some of them will cry out. Some of them will shout, I know who thou art. Thou art the Son of God. Are you come to destroy us before the time? You know when Moses spent time interacting with this glory of God, when he came down to the children of Israel, the Bible says that Moses did not know that his face was shining. And the children of Israel were afraid of him. And they told him to cover his face. The reason why Moses did not know that his face was shining, because that's the way he's supposed to be. So he wasn't feeling any extra burning, any extra sensation. It wasn't, there was nothing extra happening to him because it's his natural habitat, it's his natural state for him to radiate the glory of God. The reason why the others were afraid was because they were not living in that same reality. That's image. Another thing that God gave man was his likeness. Likeness speaks to his nature, his love, right? One of the reasons why as man, we are able to kill each other, why Cain was able to kill Abel, was because this thing had been lost. Another thing that God gave man was his presence is manifested presence. If you are reading the book of Cain, of Genesis, the Bible says that Cain departed from the presence of God and yet he built a city. He built an entire civilization outside of that manifested presence of God. Another thing that God gave man was dominion. Some of that dominion is in the glory, like I said. In the ranking, in the hierarchy of God's creation, we are part of the Godhead. We are part of the divine, right? 
So angels, cherubims, seraphims, angelic bodies, whatever you want to call them, principalities, powers, whatever, they were below us, right? The Bible says that God made us a little lower than Elohim. In the New Testament, we, we understand that we are partakers of God's divine nature. This authority and dominion was a function of our height, our ranking in the realm of the spirit. And that was the origin of the question that God asked. The omnipotent God was not exactly asking for a dam's position or location. It was about the fact that he had fallen. Now I said, a dam. Where are thou? The throne on which I've placed you is empty. Is empty. So, scripture tells us that all men have sinned and fallen short of the what? glory of God. The reason why I'm taking us through these things is that we need to know what redemption and what sonship is about. What exactly it has restored to us. One of the reasons why it was possible for sickness to start to ravage the bodies of man is because image was lost. Because that thing that those small, small animals see in the lion and make them take off, every disease causing microorganism too is supposed to sense it and take off. Do you understand? That's why it was impossible for sickness to stay in the body of Christ. There's a tendency for when we listen to the story of salvation, we think it is sin that it came to remove. Removal of sin is a means to an end. It is not the end in itself. I'll give you an analogy. Now, if you've done business in a way before, you will know that if you are in trouble with EFCC or SEC or SFU, they can put what they call a lien on your account, on your bank account. In layman time, they say they freeze the account, right? Now, the money in that account, there are things you want to use it for, right? You want to pay school fees, you want to pay rent, you want to go about, you want to party, buy a car, whatever that may be. Now, what you do to unfreeze the account is that you lobby, if you know the president, if you know somebody, you go and talk to them, do whatever they want you to do. You might need to pay a price, right? When you pay the price, then the lien is removed from the account. Do you understand? All of a sudden, you can now start to do the things that you wanted to do. Whether it is to pay rent, to pay whatever, to pay school fees. Now, one of the things that we've not understood about salvation is that we, the guy with that account, eh, 
can go about celebrating the removal of the alien and then not do anything with the money. Do you understand? That is missing the point. Do you understand? The reason why the alien was removed is so that I can now start to blow the money. Yes. The reason why sin was dealt with is so that we can start to function in glory, in the likeness of God. Do you understand? With the presence of God, with the authority of God, with everything God originally designed man to be, that man fell from. That's why it's called redemption. Do you understand? Now, the other part of salvation story that we have also made mistake with is that, and it's in many of our songs, you hear that saved a wretch like me. I was worthless. I was nothing. I was dunk. <laughs> if they put a lien on your account, hmm? if the money in that account is 12 naira, hmm? you won't go through stress to remove the lien. Do you understand? Because the cost of one phone call is more than the value of the account. Do you understand? But when you have like 900 million there, because what is there is valuable, you will go to any length to restore that account. Do you understand? Yes, it is the value of what's in the account eh, that determines what you are willing to pay for it. Do you understand? If it's 7,000 error, and you go to whoever you need to, and they say bring 7 million, you say no, if I wait, it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> but if it's like 4 billion, and they say you should bring 300 million, it's still worth it. It's still worth it, yes. That's why we give human beings CPR, but we don't bother the same with cockroaches. Bother. Yes, because. <laughs> we consider value yes that's the same way god operated he considered the value of what he was going to get and that made him willing for him as god himself to die <laughs> do you understand you know if you have a transaction right oh. You need to send something from your phone and then your phone dies you will go around looking for ways to give it life you will you can turn everything upside down because you know there is value that you want to trade from that phone the third thing i also we've settled the fact that we were already valuable right the third thing i want to correct is that people think that because Salvation has come. It's now grace is now a license to keep on sinning. Imagine that. Okay, I can see you the learn something. You can think that now because I know the way to remove the lien, I should keep doing things that will make them learn the account. Or imagine that you lock your car key inside the car for some reason. And then you don't have a spare key. Then one way or the other with 
panel beta you were able to get the key out and then you now did a spare key there's a tendency for you to think that <laughs> of course most people don't think that way but there's a tendency there's a possibility that you can think that the reason why i have spare key is i can be locking the key inside have spare i'll open it again i'll lock it again i open it you have missed the point of the car the <laughs> car is supposed to be a vehicle to take you places to do things the reason why you have an extra key is if for any reason you make that mistake you can always undo it but the reason why you have that key it's not for you to keep locking the door and opening it. You just call everybody, see you, I can lock it, I can open it, I can lock it. That's not the point. The reason why our sins were forgiven is that it allows us to be restored to a position where we can be the image of God, the likeness of God, have dominion. Okay? Yes. So, that my sins are forgiven is beyond sinning again. It is the same reason why you say sickness cannot dwell in this body again. It's the same reason why you say I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Now I want to talk about Jesus as the way. In entering, so everything that man lost when man fell, God has crafted a new way for it to be our experience. And what he did was that he put all of it in Jesus. The Bible says that it pleased God that all the fullness of Godhead should dwell in him bodily. So that means that you have no access to the Godhead except through Jesus Christ. John chapter 1. I believe it was the scripture that um, Jeffrey prayed with. I'm not sure. So entering into sonship is by believing these things I'm saying that man lost it before God put everything in Christ and the moment I believe Christ and receive Christ I have received the fullness of life John 1 verse 11 and 12 I said you can start from verse 10 he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not he came unto his own and his own received him not but as many as received him you are saying that word again believe receive he gave them power to become the sons of God even to them that would believe on his name up until the point that you believe huh? you can think if you read the next verse you can think that you were a product of your parents intercourse you will define yourself by the things you meet on earth you will define yourself by your name by what you go to school to accomplish or by what you do but if you check the next verse you will say which were born not 
of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So that means everything that defined you up until that point ceased to be your definition. Your only true definition is that I am a son of God. Yes, what I choose to do is not what defines who I am. Do you understand? How we enter into this thing is by being in Jesus. By and it's so simple. It's just by believing these things, knowing why they were done and receiving them. You know how our rank was restored. The Bible says that God has made us sit together in Christ at the right hand of God. Far above, far above principalities and power. That's why the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places. In the realm of the spirit, height defines power. That's why we call God the most high. Yes. And that is what Lucifer tried to do. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of heaven and all of that and all of that. So that I can be like the most high. But what Jesus has come to do is that we have been partakers of that same height of God. Because the Bible says our life is hid in Christ and Christ in God. that have been lying dormant in us only receive life when Christ comes back. Remember the analogy of the phone that was dead. That is why, if we, let's open to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians, um, sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, I believe. Verse 45. 45. It says the first Adam became a living soul. But the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. He has come to give life to all of God that has been inside of us for so long that has been inactive, that we've been unable to operate. All these things that we lost in God, all these things that man lost, are the things that Jesus restored to us. And it is because of that restoration that we are sons of God. But the essence of this long list of things, and I did not cover everything, is for us to know what we now have in God. And we can demand to experience it. That everywhere I go, there must be a radiance about my life that shows I am a son of God. And that is why Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. He said, when they touch the sick, 
they seek to recover. Why? Life now flows from my vessel. So, one of the reasons why a dam fell was because his education, for the most part, was not complete. So, God now figured out a way for us to start to live from inside. This, all, everything that God put in Christ, He now put it inside us such that we can start to live from our spirit out. And he put them inside by the agency of the Holy Spirit. He is called the Spirit of Christ. And this is where I will actually start to preach. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 16. Everything else was preamble. This is the essence. This is why we came. I want to read TPT. So Jesus came on earth, and the reason why he came on earth was simple, was to redeem us. But we needed to know how to walk in that redemption, how to live the life that that redemption offers. So if you start from verse 12, he said there is so much more I would like to say to you but it's more than what you can grasp at the moment. He said, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth. Where is that truth? Within you. So if it is true that you have believed Christ and you have received Christ, Everything that I've listed and much more is already within you. That's why the Bible says Christ in us is the assurance of glory. So all these things, the image, the likeness, the power, the dominion, the presence, everything is within us. But sometimes we don't even know they are within us. So we don't know what to demand. Many people, the only thing they hope to experience in God is mercy and forgiveness of sins. And again, that is not the end. That is just the means to an end. So that means when you are praying, when you are spending time with God, and when you are living your life, there is a kind of expectation you have. Do you understand? You expect that when I show up, glory showed up. Wisdom showed up. Wisdom is a manifestation of glory. It's part of what Solomon had. Yes. That means that when I show up, solution has showed up. And you need to expect that solution will come from you. You need to expect that wisdom will come from you. You must expect it because it is the expectation of righteous that will not be cut short. His ignorance will always be cut short. He will never get what he doesn't know. He only gets what he expects. Yes. So you must expect that now that I carry God, if there is problem here, I must be the one that is solving it. This is the mindset of every true leader. 
This is the mindset of every true pioneer of anything. That there is this problem and if I don't solve it, there's problem. The problem will continue. Yes. And it's the mandate. Because the Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. But what is reason? The glory of God. He said there will be darkness and it will cross darkness, the people. But I will cause my light to shine upon you. Until we shine, there will always be darkness. And we must know that it is ours to demand. It is ours to live out. So that expectation must be in your mind. That this thing, no move forward, I move forward. For many of us here, and I have, I also noticed that most of the time, most of the friends around me are in the same bracket. For many of them, until they move forward, the entire family doesn't. It's possible that's similar to you. So you must have that expectation that I'm moving forward. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. He said, when the truth-giving spirit comes, it will unveil the reality of every truth within you. It will unveil, it will make you experience glory. It will make you experience the likeness of God. The likeness of God is the nature of God. And that is why the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is what? Love. Why? God is love. So the nature of love is inside you. So you must know I can draw on it. I can forgive, I can forbear, I can heal. I can be patient. I have faith. Everything. Let's read John 14 again. John 14, 16. John 14. says loving me empowers you to obey my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another savior the holy spirit of truth now this another savior in KJV is another comforter in the Greek is rendered as if you, if you are using TPT you can open that uh, something here it's rendered Paracletos is Alos. The first one, if you click the first one, it's called Alos Paracletos. It means another of the same kind. One of the best definitions of the Holy Spirit that I like says it is Jesus unlimited. And what that means is that when Jesus was on earth, if you want to see him, you have to go to Adakapano, Galilee, Samaria, wherever I was at the time. It was just a person confined to a body in a particular place in a particular time. What the Holy Spirit does is that he makes Jesus everywhere at the same time. More importantly than being everywhere, he is inside us. In Bible times, if you had a question... You have to go and look for Jesus. You say, did he pass here? They say, no, he has gone to Jericho. You follow him there. You say, 
Rabbi, what did the... Now that rabbi is here. Do you understand? So many times the way to engage now is to engage the spirit of God. He has all the answers. He said he will teach you all things and show you things to come. So there is a Jesus inside us. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, it said, now the Lord, that's our Lord Jesus Christ, is now that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That liberty is translated from a word that means access. Now the Lord is that spirit. And that spirit is the Lord. That's why the spirit is called the spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. This spirit has work to do in our mind and in our body. That's why the Bible says that if the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, that spirit will quicken. Your mother body is quicken in KJV means to give life. That's why it says the last Adam was a quickening spirit. It means was a life-giving spirit. So if for any reason you notice that what is at work in your body is not life, you are not engaging that spirit enough. Now, I want to, because we need to do this, the second thing we want to do, I want to go to the book of Acts chapter 19 and verse 2. So what happens when you believe what Christ has done is that you receive him into your heart. There is now a second dimension of the operation of the Holy Ghost. And that is what we call the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that is what Christ, what Christ spoke about in the book of Acts. He says you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. In the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 2, I'm reading KJV. The Bible speaks to us of a certain set of believers. And when Paul came to meet them, he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So, they believed, but there was a gap in their believing and their receiving the Holy Ghost. And one of the things that must quickly be done is to bridge any gap like that that exists, such that we can enter into the fullness of sonship. We can enter into all that God wants us to be and begin to because it is that spirit that starts to furnish the reality to you so it is possible for you to carry it around and not know until the spirit of reality comes to start to teach you that this thing is inside you you can do this you are capable of this one of the scriptures we read on wednesday is Psalm 82. it says that 
they know not, neither did they understand. Right? He said, that is why the foundations of the earth are out of course. He said, I have said that ye are children of God, and all of you, ye have said that ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. He said, but unfortunately, because you do not know and you do not understand, you shall die like mere men. That cannot be our case. And the reason why we must understand that the pattern for sonship is having Christ in us and then engaging the Christ in us. Remember that first scripture we read? Jesus said, the Father in me does the works. Yes, the Father in me is referring to is the Holy Ghost. That's the Father in all of us. And that's why Jesus now said, he that believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater than this. Something else I want to say is that when the Holy Ghost came down in Pentecost, Peter explained, he said, this is that which was written or was spoken by prophet Joel. When Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So, the prayer this morning is not God, pour out your spirit. The spirit has been poured out. Our work is to believe and receive. And one of the most interesting things about Christianity is that <laughs> you will never find proof till you have received that life. Do you understand? Every reality and every proof you need must come from within you. Everything you see outside are just signs. And sometimes the devil tries to masquerade those signs. The one that you see and believe must come from inside you when the spirit of reality begins to furnish that reality. So this morning, I want to pray for three categories of people. I will mention the first two and then later I will call the third one. If you come to tribe, you know we don't do this all the time. But there's a tendency that it's possible that you just know. You know some of the things you know about Jesus, but you have never truly believed. You have never truly believed. And the evidence you are looking for, that gargantuan that you want to see before you now believe, you won't see it. It is supposed to be something that happens in, on your inside. Many times it will happen through you. Yes. Before you believe it. Mm. There are many people that did not really believe in divine healing. God started healing people through them. And I said, oh, okay. Apparently it's real. Yes. Many times that's how it happens. Because the idea of God is not the Old Testament where he wants to be showing you signs. The idea of God is that he wants to live through you. You are supposed to be the sign and the wonder. Do you understand? So you don't go around looking for who you should be. 
don't go around looking for things that should flow out of you. And that's why when Thomas said, I will see before I believe. Ah, Jesus, that action of Thomas guaranteed a blessing for me. He said, blessed are those that do not see, but yet believe. So the first invitation is an invitation to putting aside all your doubts and for a moment, leave all the evidence you are looking for. Sometimes the best way to know a country exists is to visit. If you want to know this kingdom exists, visit. Come and see. So the first call is for people who have never believed enough to receive Christ, the life of God, into your, into your heart. Those are the first set of people we'll be praying for. The second set is the one Paul was addressing when he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? One of the evidences of receiving the Holy Ghost is praying in tongues. It just happens. <laughs> it just happens. So, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, we also want to pray with you this morning. And those are the first two sets. Then when we are done with that set, then we'll pray for the third category of people. Uh, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost this morning. So but if, if you're in the first category and for some reason you would like to part of why that proclamation is necessary is because you put all of creation on notice that I have changed levels. The Bible says we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And he has made us sit together with, in Christ far above principalities and power. That is why Paul said henceforth let no man trouble me for I bear in my body the marks of Christ. When you look at me, you, you have to see Jesus. So we are here. You, you actually want to declare your belief. Just put your hand on your chest and say this prayer after me. Say it loud. Put your hand on your chest. It won't take long. Put your hand on your chest and say this prayer after me. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you have redeemed me from the kingdom of darkness into your kingdom. I now declare you now as my Lord and Savior. I am a son of God. It's that simple. If you pray that prayer, I'd like you to stand on your feet and come forward because the next set of prayers will pray it for you as well. The second prayer is for people who want to 
be baptized in the Holy Ghost. So maybe when we come around, we say pray in the Holy Ghost. For some reason, you are not able to partake or you just don't understand. I've explained it in some way. The Spirit is poured out. Is is your work to receive. Many times it's after you have received <laughs> that the engagement starts. <laughs> If there's anybody in the first category or the second category, I'd like you to come forward. The pastors will pray with you right now. Beautiful it is to see you moving. Shall I cast it? How beautiful it is to see Alagadosh of Briakatesh. You've poured out your spirit on every heart. On every heart. You sent forth your word. You sent forth your word. And it's come to pass. And it's come to pass. Alagadiagaboshka beria. Lord of fathers and mothers. Could only for taste. Could only for taste. Is now in a lifetime. Is now in our lifetime. You're there a day. You've poured out your spirit again. You've poured out your spirit. You've poured out your spirit. On every heart. On every heart. Send forth your word. You send forth your word. And it's come to pass. And it's come to pass. What our fathers and mothers. What our fathers and mothers. Could only for this. Is now in a lifetime. Is now in you ought to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come forward. The order of the Again, you've poured out your spirit. You've poured out <laughs> your spirit. On every heart. On every heart. You sent forth your word. You forth your word. And it has come to pass. And it comes to pass. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.